Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man called Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So as I said, this is a man, as you get in the story, Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, it's a short story, but it's another example of how Jesus loves people, regardless of their story, their reputation, their past history, whatever it is. It's an amazing story that no one is out of reach of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're a fraudster, In the case of Zacchaeus, he's partnering with the occupying force, the Romans. This guy is corrupt. He's full of selfishness. All he's thinking about is how to get richer and richer. He doesn't care about people around him. He doesn't care about the people where he's collecting the tax from. He doesn't care about the community around him. He doesn't care about anybody else but himself. And there's two parts to the story of Zacchaeus today. There's the story before he meets Jesus, and there's the part after he's encountered Jesus. And I know that anyone in this room today that has ever given their lives to Christ will know that you have a before and an after story. Because when we come into the presence of God, our lives are transformed. When we have a genuine encounter, we are changed. We can't go back to our old way of life. We have been transformed. So I want us to look at this story and just break it down a little bit more bit at a time. Just looking at a couple of verses we go. So verse 1, it simply says this, that Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Jericho is not that far from the city of Jerusalem. And we don't know much else about this story apart from that it just says that Jesus enters the city. And we know that Jericho's kind of been dotted around in Scripture. In Old Testament, we know it's the, the city that was uh, miraculously was broken down when God commanded Joshua and his people to march around the city seven times below the trumpets, shout, and the city walls came down. That's one side. And then we also know about the story that Jesus told about the good Samaritan, that um, this Samaritan man, this, this guy that would have been despised by the Jews, uh, this story that Jesus told was talking about they, this guy was going down to the city of Jericho and he was robbed and beaten up. And it talks about the compassion that this Samaritan man had. So we know that Jericho is mentioned a few times throughout Scripture. And here we have this story of Jesus passing through. And uh, this city is known in this time of Jesus' time that it caters to the rich and the powerful during Jesus' time. And the city of Jericho is about 258 metres below sea level, making it the lowest city in the world. And there's a reason why I mentioned that. We'll come on to that in a moment. 
So there's a scene of where this guy, Zacchaeus, is living. And in verse 2, it just goes on to say, Now behold, there was a man called Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. So we're introduced to this character, Zacchaeus. We don't know much about him. It's, he's only mentioned in the book of Luke. But what we do know is this. He's a tax collector, which I know you're all excited when we mention tax. But he's not just a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector. We know he's a very unpopular man in the city. He's a very rich man, and he's very short in height. That's the kind of bio of Zacchaeus. But this guy, as a tax collector, you might say, okay, you know, what is a tax collector? Because most of us these days don't go and meet face-to-face with a tax collector. It's all done online or through the mail. Okay, you either know about the tax because you get the bill, or if you get one of those, you're one of those fortunate people that you get a rebate. Okay, but we don't really come into contact with, with people that work in the tax department. But back then, before there was time where you could go online, um, it usually meant that it was actually a tax collector was Jewish and they were actually despised and hated by their own people. And the main reason is because they partnered with the occupiers. You can imagine that during um, the Second World War, Guernsey being occupied, you know, if someone was collaborating with the Germans in, in, in some way, you know, they would have been people that you would have avoided. And here we have here is a tax collector who was partnering, who was collecting money for the Romans, he would have been despised. But it's not just the fact he was collecting money. Back then, as long as the Romans were getting their money that they were wanting, in Zacchaeus's case, as a tax collector, he could actually take more. And that's where the greed, that's where that selfishness, that's where he would have been despised more because he would have demanded more money. And what we know in this story is that he was a very rich man. So through this, he became rich because really he was being fraudulent. He was being corrupt. There was no compassion. There was no heart for the people that he was going to collect money from. And like in that clip with the Sheriff of Nottingham taking absolute every penny He was not liked in that clip. We know in real life that in Zacchaeus' case, he would have been despised. He was very, very wealthy. And we know that tax collectors in the Bible, in the New Testament, they were treated similar to the kind of the worst kinds of sinners alongside prostitutes, people that were outcasts, people that didn't deserve to be part of that community. So this picture is becoming clearer and clearer with the type of lifestyle that Zacchaeus was living. This guy was all about himself. He was all about being number one and nobody else was going to come close to the lifestyle that he, wanted, he was living. As far as he's concerned, he was all in just for himself. And you could imagine Zacchaeus, if he was walking down the streets in Jericho, walking along, people probably would have quickly kind of caught eye of him and scattered, crossed over the road onto the other side of the pavement, thinking we don't want to have any connection with this guy. We don't want to have any encounter with him just in case he asks for more money. 
It would have been that scene that you would have seen in the old Western that if you'd have walked through, you probably would have, it was so short, you probably walked underneath those kind of saloon doors. Moses has gone through, the guy on the piano probably stopped and everyone kind of like went silent and turned around and see this, this guy. This guy was not liked. But here's the thing. The name Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, actually means pure one. Or it means righteous one. So Zacchaeus, with all his dodgy dealings, being corrupt, partnering with the occupied enemy, a man focused on looking after number one, disliked by everybody else, means pure one. Doesn't add up. And I think sometimes in these short stories that we see in Scripture, actually there's a lot we can draw out of it. There's a lot that we can actually kind of get us to, to think and dwell on and pray into. You see, when we go back to the beginning of this story, Jesus entering the city, Zacchaeus must have heard people talking about it. Here's a guy walking through. Maybe his heart was being conflicted. Maybe there was something that he was not happy with the lifestyle he was living. We don't know. That scripture doesn't say that. But maybe something was already happening. God was already at work. The noise of the crowd moving in one direction. He might have heard the name being repeated by many other people like, there's Jesus. Jesus is coming through here. And maybe he picked up on what was happening and thought, I need to go and see. And he can no longer sit in his tax booth or wherever he is. He needs to find out what's going on. He's inquisitive. And you know, we live in a world where we get bombarded in the media or, or people will tell you, people that I work, you work with or you're at, you're at school with or whoever, who may sound, say they've got no interest in Christianity. They've got no interest in Jesus. They've, they will tell you, I'm an atheist, all that kind of stuff. But then you'll hear that actually they're slightly inquisitive. They haven't quite settled with the idea that there can't be, there can't be a God. You know, my, my journey of faith really began with kind of trying to believe that but there isn't a God. But I kept getting stuck at the thought of how could the universe be created from nothing. And that was my beginning. That was where I was kind of inquisitive. That's where it got me thinking, actually, I need to find out more. And people might shut the door on you and say, they don't care if there's a Jesus or not but actually they might be thinking it. They might be kind of in a place of crisis and they might say to you, actually, do you know what? I'm, can you, I don't know what to do here. And do you know what I'm deliberately trying to do more and more is say to my friends, is that actually, I, you know, in fact, somebody, a friend of mine last week had a, uh, an allergic reaction to something and they were up in A&E and I've deliberately put in the message, I'm praying for you. Because I think just those little nuggets of moments where you can just share compassion and then follow it up, how are you doing? Those things that we can do in life, we might not think they're big things, but actually they can be life transformation, uh, life transforming for people. We bring hope into dark situations. And here we have a story of Zacchaeus who on the outside seemed to have it absolutely all life altogether. How easy is it for us to be like that, where we look in and think, well, they might be wealthy, they might have a big house, 
They might be going on lots of holidays and we think, wow, they've got it all together. Well, let me tell you now, I've known of marriages that are broken down, that people are facing depression, that people are kind of feeling really empty, even though they have that all in their lives. We're not called to judge people. What God calls us to do is to step into their world and to hear their story, to love people that may be unloved in society around us. But do you know what I find myself slipping into? I slip into judging people very quickly. And I need God's grace and help and wisdom to not judge, but to love. And we need to be more like Jesus as we look at this story as it continues. So here we have Zacchaeus means pure one or righteous one. We can tell by the start of that story that he is not living the lifestyle or the meaning of his name. But here we have this story set up perfectly. Here we are in the lowest city in the world with one of the shortest men in the city and being one of the most unpopular person in that community. As I say, the meaning of his name is completely opposite to the lifestyle he's living. And it tells us this, this story is just so to the point. Jesus enters the city. Zacchaeus hears about Jesus. That's what he must have done. And repeated over and over again. And I think one thing we can take encouragement from is that even Jesus sees us short people. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, what your past is about. Jesus knows you. You can't hide from him, even amongst the crowds. And so what does Zacchaeus do? He can't see Jesus, so he begins to move amongst the crowd. He finds a sycamore tree. He climbs it. Maybe his tree climbing career ended many years earlier, but it was his only option. He places his feet on the lower part of the tree. He finds grip on the trunk and pulls himself up, and now he can have a good view. Verse 5 to 7, verse 5 to 7 says this, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. So put yourself in Zach's shoes for a moment. You've got your vantage point. You can see Jesus above everybody else. You can see him. And this man that, that is walking along looks straight at you. You know when, when someone speaks, at you, speaks in your direction, you think, are they talking to me? I'm doing that now. Just, just checking. All right. But actually you think, oh, is it me that they're looking at or is I'm just kind of making that up? But quickly he dismisses that because Jesus speaks to him. And he says, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. Jesus knows his name. Can you imagine how confused Zacchaeus must have been? Like, who, who told him my name? No, he knows us. He knows our name. He knows our hearts. He knows everything about us. And here we have Zacchaeus that probably started out the day like any other ordinary working day. Yet by the end of it, his life was changed forever. And the one simple thing and the reason that happened is because he encountered Jesus. But whenever people encounter Jesus, there is always a backlash. 
You know, when, when, when people get baptised in water, one thing we pray for for people is protection. Because we know the enemy loves to attack people that are actually making a public declaration that I'm following Jesus. And that's one thing we do. We pray for protection. Because the moment you encounter Jesus, people don't like that. People began to complain that Jesus was speaking to a sinner. But hey, we've all sinned and fallen short. Remember before that, that sinners are often put together with prostitutes in, in a sense they are like the, 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 like the bottom rail of sinners. Sin is sin. And Jesus looks at somebody that on the outside looks like they've got it all together, but actually he looks at their heart and sees how broken his heart is. And this is a case with Zacchaeus' heart. On the outside, it looks good. On the inside, it's in a right mess. And at that moment in time, Jesus knows that Zacchaeus needs to come and have a conversation with Jesus. This backlash that Jesus is going to go and hang out with a traitor, someone that is, is just in this, this utter mess, but I love the fact that Jesus can save the most broken of people. He is the healer. He's the restorer. And he can save us. What, what a rich wealth of, of storytelling we've got in this place. That for you that has, has already given you, for, for people that have already given their lives to Christ in this place, whether it's fairly recently or it's decades ago, we all carry a valuable story. That like Zacchaeus, we were once lost, but one day we encountered Jesus and it was him that changed us. Do you know, our stories are powerful. And it doesn't have to be as, as like drastic as Zacchaeus' story about how kind of corrupt and broken he was and, and despised in his community. It doesn't matter how far gone you, you are because you're never out of reach of Jesus. And that story of Zacchaeus is something that we can apply that you may know of people in your mind's eye right now might be thinking, yeah, I know that person next door to me or that person that sits next to me at school or the person that I work alongside. Wow, their life is in a complete and utter mess. But do you believe in this place today that they can be like Zacchaeus, that they can encounter Jesus? And you might think, well, I don't know where to start. Well, let me tell you where you can start. Pray. Ask God for courage for wisdom, when to speak into the situation, ask for opportunities. There are many, many ways that you can help people by pointing them towards Jesus. I love it that he's got a habit, Jesus has got a habit of hanging out with outcasts. He serves and heals the lowest of the low. From, you know, the story of the woman at the well to people infected with leprosy on the outskirts of the city. You name it, it goes on and on through those times that Jesus walks around. He encounters people and he transforms them. He sets them free. Do you believe this morning that you can play your part in helping set people free? Not in your own strength, but actually being filled with the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God that lives in you. You take his presence wherever you go. That's exciting. Doesn't matter if you take it to Brazil, Kenya, 
or you bring it to the community cafe on a Wednesday, or, or wherever you're going, take the presence of God with you. What a joy and privilege we have to partner with God that he chooses to use us. Verse 8, this is the transformation. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Suddenly the earthly wealth that this guy had built up over the years, was no longer important to him. He wanted to give it away. He wanted to make peace. This, this thing that he had built, this focus of making money and wealth and, and being kind of like all in it for himself, had become this idol. And in that moment of encountering Jesus, that idol was smashed. It was broken. He was set free. But it doesn't say in this story that he just sat there and went, well, that's great, let's move on, and uh, we'll, we'll just, let's just start a new day. No, actually, he, his heart was convicted. His heart was actually, he wanted to make good what he'd been making bad over those many, many years. What does it say? It says in the verse that, that actually he um, give half of my goods to the poor, and anyone that I've given false accusation, I restore fourfold. You see, that's what a genuine encounter with Jesus does. It changes your heart. And your perspective in life completely changes. And I'm sure, I'm going to just pick up on, on what Sean and Ellie shared before. But I'm sure, if, like years earlier, if we talked about you're going to go to Brazil and you're going to help in the orphanage and you're going to do this and do that, you probably would have thought, no, probably not. But Jesus gets involved and he speaks and he transforms our hearts and our minds. That's exciting. That's a true adventure that we should be focused on is pursuing what God's got lined up for us. So what does this four, fourfold mean? Because fourfold is excessive. But actually, it is linked with the Jewish um, law set out in the Old Testament. We won't go in that today, but, but there is a reason. It links in with, with the Old Testament. You can see that in Exodus and Numbers and First and Second Samuel. You see that where that's um, explained and it's um, used as well. But what's the point? The point with this story is that Zacchaeus gave back fourfold. It was excessive, but it proved the point that these things were no longer important to him anymore. Give to the poor. I want to make anyone that I'm falsely accused, I want to get that right. That's what God does with our hearts. So how do we apply this in our lives? Well, I think we can all say that we're all like Zacchaeus at some point in our lives. We were so broken and far away from God. But if your story is in this place that you know Jesus, at some point he met with you and he transformed you. We were pursuing our own things. But let me tell you, this time on earth is short and it's temporary. Relationship with Jesus is eternity. Zacchaeus at one point was focusing on his own kingdom building. But that encounter with Jesus 
became a focus of, I want to be part of God's kingdom. And so we build in a different way. He went from wealthy in its earthly terms to actually being rich in Christ. That's a life we should be desiring and pursuing. But I will acknowledge there are times on there in this world where we get tempted and think, God, wouldn't it be great to be like that person or in that situation? That's why we need other people around us that are pursuing Christ with us to give us those nudges and say, oi, get your attention back on God. They'll say it in a nicer way, but, but actually cover it in prayer. Just as we begin to wrap things up, I just want to make this point as well, that a relationship with Jesus isn't about a quick fix, just to fill a little hole in your life, to kind of make you feel a little bit holy. No, a life with Jesus is for eternity. It's about actually coming into relationship with him. We've been adopted into his family, been singing songs about that this morning, about actually we get to glorify, we get to worship him together. Isn't that a joy and privilege that we get to not just sing songs, but to pray together and to, to, to kind of share life together? That's why I'm excited about Fast Forward next week, because it's not just about Sunday morning, but actually we get to spend the day together. We get to build one another up. And as I said before, our lives, like Zacchaeus, we couldn't do anything. In fact, only, the only thing he would have managed to do was climb a bit of a tree. But we know in stories about trees in the Bible, Jesus was nailed to a tree for us. He purchased our sin and our mess, and he died for you and I. And because of that, because of his death, death resurrection, and ascension to heaven, we have been transformed. And if you're in this place today that's not yet given your life to Christ, you have that opportunity to do that today. Maybe you relate to a bit of the story of Zacchaeus, is to know that actually, yes, I'm in a broken place. But today I want to make that right, not in my own strength, but because of Jesus that has transformed me. He can transform me. I remember hearing a while back, the sycamore tree was a great platform for Zacchaeus to seek Jesus. And this person, I can't remember where I got it from, but I just, might have just read it. But it went from sycamore to seek him more. To seek him more. And that's what Zacchaeus has done. And I've just said about people may want to give their lives to Christ today. Maybe you're in a place today where you've already given your life to Christ, but, but actually you felt like you've drifted. Seek him more. God is endless. There is no limit to him. He is infinitely good.